welcome to episode four of Suffragette City Radio with me, Sobri Maid. And me, DJ Lipper. So we've got a couple of things to talk about today. We're going to be talking about sexism in the music industry, um, the gender prison in the home, and just let you know what's coming up and what we've been up to. So what have you been up to since we last met? I've become a cliche of a feminist. All right, go on then. I've got like cats. I've got, you know how many cats live in my house at the moment? Go on. Seven. Oh, right, okay. It's not well. We've got a stray cat. It's the neighbour's cat, and she didn't she didn't feed it properly, so my mum's soft, so she started feeding it. And we took it in, and then we found a new home for it because we, we've got already got three cats. And then the woman said, you're going to have to pick your cat up because she's pregnant. So we got a pregnant cat in the house, and then she had kittens. So um, now we've got some little kittens, so that's what I've been doing. Coming a cliche. And another cat bit my head. This is another stray that came and it bit my head. And now you can see, what does my, what does my forehead look like? You've got a little half moon scratch on it. <laughs> yeah, that's permanent, that. So um, I've been I've been becoming like that cat lady. <laughs> that cat feminist. Yeah, that cat feminist. Um, I've not been up to that much. We published a few things on the website, but feminist-wise, I've just been quite busy uh, with work. And then, but I'm in between contracts at the moment, so I'm just chilling out a bit. But yeah, but we published some stuff. We've gone a, a little bit more of the satire route recently. Yeah, yeah I've just um, I'm doing I'm doing irony, <laughs> giving irony a go. But you can read uh, any of our pieces on Make More Noise. We also we've launched a new comment section. We were kind of just reporting on stuff, but now we've decided to branch out into comment. So um, if you like it, you know, let us know. If you have anything that you want us to cover, let us know. Yeah, um, we basically, like, it's really hard to be factual. You have to make sure all your facts are correct. But when you do comment, you can just say what you like. <laughs> it's hard to be factual. <laughs> it is hard to be factual. No, it is, because you're like, yeah. what do they actually say? Like, you, you can't really put that adjective there. That's that's incorrect. And I think some prominent people in the public eye also find it hard to be factual sometimes. Also, I've found over the news cycle over the yeah. past few weeks... But uh, we won't get too deep into that at the moment because we've got lots of juicy stuff to chat about. So am I going first or are you going first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So what has Tina Turner, Nina Simone, Rhiannon and Maria Carey got in common? Um, They all have black ancestry? Nope. They all were in abusive relationships with their managers. Um, uh, Like manager boyfriends. Um, so this is stirred up from uh, Ryan, Ryan, Brian, Ryan Adams. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, not not to be confused with every like everything I do. It's not that one. It's the other one. No, I mean I'd never even heard of him before he got in the newspapers. Uh, a Jew. I'd heard of him, but I could not name you one song. And I'd heard of him because teenage boys that I was trying to impress would always mention Ryan Adams. And I would do that thing where they go, oh, yeah, I really love Ryan Adams' music. I just nod and go, yeah, yeah, so do I. Yeah, no, it's go out with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've no idea any of his songs, but I just know he's like a guitar-y person, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he's just he's just another bland man. Like, I saw a picture of him. Just, I don't know. If he was good, I would have heard of him by now. This is true. Yeah, he'd be on my radar. He's like a shit Ed Sheeran. Um, but apparently he's been using his position. <laughs> he's been exploiting it to get with the women's. Um, Quelsa Breeze. And so I'm just going to have a little... I just had a little look at look into the situation and it, i was reminded of the um the keisha case do you remember the keisha case a few years ago 
for your Kesha. Yeah, uh, do you mean Kesha? Kesha. She, she <laughs> sounds like a vegan dish. Kesha. <laughs> K dollar sign ha, but now it's just Kesha. Kesha, yeah. yeah. So she was in the news a few years ago. There was a big campaign. She was supported by yeah. um, Adele, did a shout out to when she won an award. Um, she was donated some money by Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah, I remember yeah, she following gave, the case, yeah. She gave her half a million pounds because yeah. basically she was stuck in a contract with her abuser. A guy called Dr. Luke was her producer. Um, she also fi- she filed a civil lawsuit for infliction of emotional distress and gender-based hate crimes. Uh, she basically just wanted to get out of a contract. Mm. This guy had been abusing her for years, and um, she wanted to she wanted to, she wanted free of him. But he did a counter a counterclaim, and he sued her for defamation and breach of contract. Do you know who won? Can you guess? Um, I think I. I follow this case, so I think I know it was Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke the rapist. Um, And it's it's the same old story. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit here, actually, because I thought this was really interesting. In the judge's summing up, it said, the judge said, while Keisha's claim alleges that she was sexually, physically, and verbally abused by Gottwald for a decade, she describes only two specific instances of physical slash sexual abuse, the judge wrote. And the most recent event described was alleged to have happened in 2008, so falls outside of the statute of limitations. The judge dismissed Keisha's hate crime claim because the filings do not allege that Gottwald harboured animus towards women or was motivated by gender animus when he allegedly behaved violently towards Keisha. Every rape is not a gender-motivated hate crime. Keisha's claim of intentional infliction of emotional distress was dismissed because claims of insults about her value as an artist, her looks and her weight are insufficient to constitute extreme outrageous conduct intolerable in a civilised society. Mm. And there's a lot to unpack in that, in that, <laughs> in that summing up there. There's a lot to unpack. Um, basically, but reading between the lines, he doesn't really deny that it happened. No. Uh, it's ale- he's used a lot of alleges, but he's basically saying, yeah, he raped you, but... It wasn't a hate crime. Is the judge not a woman? I felt like yeah. the judge was a woman, yeah. Yeah, she, she. Um, Don't misgender the judge. Misgendered the judge. Um, it, it's not hate crime to rape a woman. I'm sorry, but every rape's a hate crime, really, isn't it? Like, it wasn't It wasn't motivated by gender hatred. What was it motivated by? Yeah. Lust. Like, yeah. um, Especially in this situation, if you're raping somebody that you're managing, it's a control thing, isn't it? Yeah. He was trying to put her in a place, put, put her in her place to show her, yeah. I've got control over you. Um, and interesting though, I did a bit of googling because I thought, what is it? What is a hate crime in the UK? You've got protected characteristics, yeah. so you can't actually be done for hate crime against women. Sex is not a protected characteristic under UK hate law on under hate crime law. Yeah, but it, it is for the Equality Act 2010, but not hate crime. Is not that hate crime yeah. legislation. Yeah. Yes, it's not either in America though. Right, yeah, I was going to say because um, this case is in America, one, isn't it? It's yeah. in New York, so I, I believe they have they have it for sexuality and gender identity, mm-hmm. but not for uh, sex. Right, which I think is just again, it's preposterous because if they actually looked at the amount of crimes that were committed because of hatred towards women, I think the courts would be there all day, really, wouldn't they? Well, I wonder if they did make misogyny a hate crime. I just wonder how society would actually function because every advert would be done for a hate crime. Pornography that is, just, you know, it's as common as water and it would just, everybody's phones would be ripped off them because they're committing hate crimes. Misogyny is just everywhere. I just wonder how they would ever enforce misogyny as a hate crime. It, I mean, it's so ubiquitous that we don't really even see it. It's yeah. part of the fabric of 
um, society, isn't it? I think um, it's... Have you seen the documentary about George Michael? I think it's just called... Oh, God, what is it called? The, the one about his life. It was on Channel 4. It was really no. good. Um, but there was also a really good documentary I watched about Prince as well. But basically, those two artists went up against the gargantuan music industry because of the draconian contracts because they found it really hard to get out of contracts these record companies essentially own your life and i don't believe that these contracts are are written in a way that they know that it's going to adversely affect women it's just again a byproduct of it i think i've mentioned it in previous episodes that these uh, laws and these contract laws and stuff they happen and i don't think people intentionally want to just do it just to screw over women but it inevitably always ends up affecting women worse because women already have uh, a situation where we have less power and then the so the, i know that prince and george michael um fought against these draconian contracts and then kesha has done as well and in kesha's case you know she was sexually assaulted yeah by I, this guy well I think she alleges we have to say allegedly she, she does allege um but everybody thinks she everybody uh, thinks agrees with that but um it it, is an interesting question is this a a really like a sex-based issue or is it more about class and and money is it that the power of the music industry to control this product like i say if if it was a man in this in a similar situation i'm pretty sure he'd find it just as difficult to get out of the contracts yeah yeah and i think prince and um, george michael did but yeah but then there's the added gender power dynamic yeah yeah well it's like all these people like nina simone i don't know if you i was watching a documentary about her it's one on netflix have a look have a look if you've if you've got it i didn't realize that she was abused by her husband manager for many years um maria carey married married a studio bigwig yeah uh, and you coercively controlled her for many years and it's all these people that you think if if it's happening to them like and these women have money and power and stuff but um but I also think there's something in the music industry, in in the perhaps not with these people. I was, I was reminded of the the Ronettes. Have you heard of Phil Spector? Yeah. Do you know what he was like? I'm gonna hazard a guess and say he wasn't very nice. No. If you're bringing him up in this context, he was he was what he was a bit like Jimmy Savile. You know when you hide in plain sight. Yeah. So he was a producer of pop bands and he made like the Phil Spector sound. If it wasn't for him, yeah, pop sound, music yeah, would sound yeah. totally different, like the wall of sound. And he he brought up like um, girl bands, a lot of black girl bands, yeah. um, the Renettes, the Crystals, yeah. those bands. Um, but basically, he was a really, really abusive, horrible man. He literally wrote a song called "He Hit Me and It Felt Like a Kiss," mm. um, and and everyone knew he was psycho. And then he murdered this woman, and he's in jail for murdering a woman. But um, he was enabled for many, many years. Because I think this is this idea of like the tortured artist, mm. which I think allows really, really, really bad behaviour. Mm. Um, and it's something I've, I don't know, in my day-to-day life, I've got a lot of experience with musicians. And I've got to say, they're not the most, um, how how do I word this? They're just, they're assholes basically. <laughs> <laughs> like they are the proper dickheads and i need to stop musicians all in all a bad news um maybe maybe it's just men are dickheads um but i think there's something particularly about musicians i don't know if it's like yeah, tortured artists like what's your experience say, well it's interesting you say it. so i play guitar um and keyboard um and i sing a bit and so many times i've been into gone into music shops to try and 
find just other equipment leads stuff like that music books or whatever and there yeah there's always the oh you're buying this for your boyfriend is it a birthday present yeah or something I've had that quite a lot of times and my mother my mother's a really good guitarist actually and she went in one time and yeah all these young lads were serving her and they were just like oh is this for your son or is this for your husband and she just sat there and, and she just like and picked up one of the guitars and just started playing them all like all into the wall because they you know and they just weren't expecting it um no I get that a lot with my DJ when yeah, I when I when I'm um, turn up at gigs and I'm like oh hello I'm here to DJ and they look behind me like where's your boyfriend and I'm like yeah. it's me yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm holding this big bag of records here yeah um, I've turned up at open mic nights before and I was with my mate who who's man and and, the, and this was because it was the person running it was a woman but she came up to me and she and she, um, she said oh you guys want to play um, and she said um, and we and we both just nodded because he was just nodding along with me because he was my mate. And then she said, "Oh, so are you are you singing and and is he playing?" I was like, "No, I'm doing both. He can't sing or play for shit. <laughs> I'm doing both today. Um, I don't know why you said that to me." And another time, oh my god, it's all right. Another time as well, I was doing a gig in this pub, like a proper old man's pub, with my mate at uni. Um, and so this wasn't open mic like we'd be but to do the gig like you know just like covers pub classics all the grown men like they love it bit of blues bit of this bit of that and then at the end like a weepy one where they can cry into the pine and stuff um, love it anyway at the end of it or like in one of the breaks this man came up to me and he goes can, and this was in Scotland so forgive the accent but he goes can I give you a wee bit of advice I say oh yeah my back's already up and he goes <laughs> you should do more songs by men and I'm like mm, should I because and I, I just sung I sung some Joni Mitchell and he loved that one actually he was singing along to all of it they love a bit of weepy Joni Mitchell do men of a certain age but yeah just yeah well, you should do more songs by men like it's not worth it to sing songs by women at all mm. so yeah I have experienced it because this might be spo- massive spoiler alert to all of our listeners but sexism is everywhere and pervasive in every industry well it's, it's i think it's interesting what you say about the woman saying it as well like yeah. it's something yeah, we yeah. imbue in our own heads and women can be as guilty of sexism as men can and i'm sure i've done it in the past where you mm. just you assume that if somebody's a dj or a musician that they're going to be a man yeah I think I've done the thing as well and I'm a bit ashamed to admit it if I go to an open mic night and there's another woman there and I don't do this anymore but it's like before I became a proper proper feminist you just feel like you're playing this game and you don't like you're constantly in competition with I'm other women her. I'm beating yeah. I'm better than her yeah, yeah I won open mic yeah. and you're like you're not actually comparing yourself to the rest of the the rest yeah. of the people there it's that's my bitch it's <laughs> just because women are so few and far between so when I see another one you just can't help but think there's a competition even though I know there's not and you're not playing a game but the, yeah and I'm ashamed to admit there would be times but now I'm very much kind of changed my whole thinking changed all of this but yeah there, there is an element of like oh she's not better than me yeah I hope she's not prettier than me even though it doesn't matter but I still thought yeah, it well, she I could still be, thought it she could, be, she could be play better than you but if she's prettier than you you're yeah. going to have a problem there right? she could yeah. be one or the other if she's prettier than me but she's not as good as playing at me like I can live with that and vice versa but yeah but now if I go to an open mic gig and there's like some young girl who's just incredible and gorgeous I just feel like oh my god here's another incredible woman artist but I'm ashamed to admit I used to feel that it's okay it's a safe space <laughs> growth safe space. personal growth um what, what do you want to talk about what's your topic well of the, you might have read 
an article that's been doing the rounds. It's called How Marie Kondo Helped Me Discover My Gender or Words to That Effect. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to hate this article already. (laughs) Well, and I wrote a piece in response to it about my thoughts. So this woman basically, um, she can't get her husband to tidy up. So she Marie Kondo's her place. Who's Marie Kondo? So so Marie Kondo is a Japanese lady. Um, She's from the Shinto religion, actually. And she has this philosophy of tidying. And some of her philosophy actually comes from ancient Shinto beliefs. Um, that you know well you can read up about it i'll post a link it's really quite interesting anyway the whole thing and you might have heard of this is when you're clearing out your place when you're trying to decide what to keep and what to discard you hold on to it and you ask if it sparks joy now i marie condoed my wardrobe a couple years ago and you know i didn't use it as a hard and fast rule it was more of a general philosophy i was applying because you know not everything brings you joy that you need to keep no you need your shirts don't you yeah and your your vests and your yeah exactly knickers yeah yeah (laughs) um but so this woman marie condoed her place she couldn't get her husband to tidy up she bought this book marie condoed her place and realized that she was getting rid of all of her stereotypically feminine clothes and as she was exploring this a bit more she realized that she didn't feel female she felt non-binary now I have a couple of thoughts on that but we're not going to talk about that today that's a whole like that's an hour-long podcast with you know loads of other input and opinions but ultimately at the end of the article there's still that same heterosexual gendered paradynamic she's still doing most of the tidying and I just wanted to talk about this heterosexual gendered paradynamics in straight relationships yeah um so I've got some facts and stats because basically in the UK there is still um, a really bad gendered paradynamic amongst heterosexual couples Um, and women still do most of the unpaid work especially between the ages of 26 and 35. Now this is from an Office of National Statistics report from November 2016. So men on average do 16 hours of unpaid work a week. Women do on average 26 unpaid hours not surprised there but that's just on average that's just the average woman in this time frame of the most that women aged 26 to 35 years old so that's that's our that's our demographic yeah that is um how many hours do you think they did of unpaid labor a week um 40 close 34 it's a full-time job that yeah yeah that is a full-time job and most women 26 to 35 probably are working but also what else do you think women are doing in this demographic? If you're 26 to 35, what are you likely to be doing? Raising a, ch- raising a child. Having kids. Yeah. And um, and women who are on maternity leave, guess how many hours a week they do? 50. 60. Fucking hell. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and so um, this is across a different range of what we deem to be unpaid work, like cooking, cleaning, washing, transport and stuff like that. And women do more than men in almost all aspects. Apart from transport, men are more likely to be taxi. Yeah. Well, that's the dad job, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. Take the bin out. Yeah. Take you to, take you to your... To your dance class or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And by interesting, I mean completely expected and not surprising at all. But I just, I wonder if there is a way to address this. Can we change it? Is it the way things are? Oh, interestingly, the Office of National Statistics calculated that it's worth about £259 a week for women on average and about £166 a week for men on average. Okay. Okay. Um, Can we solve this? Do you have any solutions? You could get a cleaner. 
I could. I think there's like a, there's a thing about not getting a cleaner. Like I don't know if it's a class thing. Is it a class thing or is it a woman thing that would stop you getting a cleaner? Well, it's, I think it's it's both for me. I would feel class guilt about that. Yeah. Well. Well, you know, like make and good also, money. And also, like I can clean up my own stuff. I would feel like I should be able to pick up my own shit. But at the same time, it would just be so convenient to have a cleaner. Well, that's that's the solution. I mean, like you can manage your boyfriend to do the cleaning and tidying but then you just end up nagging somebody and that's actually part of the role isn't it is being the household manager it's not necessarily i think there's something that's not really talked about there is although you might have equal hours of cleaning who is actually making the cleaning rotor who's writing down the jobs who's assigning the roles because that's another job all in itself isn't it making somebody else do their do their jobs it's not your job to manage a grown-up is it you're so right it is it's that that emotional labor i think i've heard it called as well but just that unpaid being the manager having to obviously having to remind somebody to you know take the washing out gotta be the grown-up aren't you yeah like, I, I get to be the fun kid and like you just come and nag me and like tell me off for like wearing my socks on the on the like um, dinner table <laughs> do you mean like shoes on the sofa yeah like something like that like, I, don't, I, I, I don't do that I don't put my sweaty feet on the dinner table or anything but yeah it's um, yeah you, you're just you're managing another person really I also thought it was interesting that marriages between men and women are the lowest they've ever been on record at the moment really yeah marriages are the lowest um, I'm not surprised yeah. to be honest I, and mean, I, I know more people cohabit before getting married and stuff like that but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Well, there's an interesting statistic. Have you heard? If you look at the life life expectancy or the like, the health outcomes of a married couple. Oh yeah. Ma- men in a relationship, they they get a lot healthier and they live longer. They live longer yeah. Women in a relationship, they actually get unhealthier and lose like years of their life. Yeah. So basically, single women live forever. <laughs> single women live forever. Um, don't date men. <laughs> don't date men. Oh, that's so sexy though. But don't date them. <laughs> don't date them. Just like Tinder, Tinder. Um, but uh, but I, I don't think you can escape it though. I think even if you're not in a relationship, if you're in a wider family, you've not got you've not got any nieces and nephews, have you? No. See, I've got loads of nieces and nephews, and um, I'm still in a wider family network mm-hmm. within which my labour is appropriated and kind of invisible my brother's looking after his little girl he's got like sole custody of her and i'm i'm kind of expected to look after her quite a lot he works full time and and i i don't mind it because i I do love her but i'm an auntie i'm not a parent i didn't choose to have a child and i don't mind doing it but it's not even it's almost invisible what Mm, i do mm, you know it's it's expected it's and if a, i yeah. don't then i get guilt for it you yeah, know and i'm not yeah. doing it i'm not being a proper woman and i can see a lot of like the theory they write about female labor being appropriated and, and all the all the theories behind yeah d- the domestic sphere when i read it i'm like god that is actually that is actually happening in our, in our family and it you, you i wouldn't say it's you know like quite left-wing quite lefty you know like but for open a single parent family but still still happens still happening and I, I notice amongst leftist men we were talking about class guilt hiring a cleaner just now but there's a lot of leftist men who would maybe say that um and and you know say that 
you shouldn't hire um, domestic staff and stuff. But they would conveniently, all these great male thinkers, but they would conveniently forget all the unpaid hours that the wives of all these great leftist thinkers are doing. You know, can't hire a cleaner, but you'll just still let your wife pick up after you. No, it's really funny. I was reading the autobiography of uh, Simone de Beauvoir and she literally just writes about cleaning Sartre's socks. Oh, right. Do you like, mean Simone de Beauvoir? So that's Simone de Beauvoir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She went, she went out with um, Satra. They yeah, were like going did. out for ages and I was reading an autobiography and she, there was literally pages where she just talks about like doing the housework. Yeah. <laughs> I read like one of the Russian... Oh my God, I just read the other day one of those Russian authors. It was either it was Tolstoy or Dostoevsky or one of them. He pretty much ripped off his wife's diaries. Really? I'll have to find that. I'll post a link. But, um, but I think one of the ways that we could alleviate this, this unpaid labour... Um, is universal basic income I actually think that we should be doing this and that it would give mothers like single mothers wouldn't have to worry as much about working three jobs Um, and it would mean that you know that also people that are caring for family members wouldn't have to worry about benefit and this and this and that and you know the horrible sanctions that we get under austerity that if you had a universal basic income you could just you could put back into the community people wouldn't be worrying about living hand to mouth um it would make looking after our elderly a lot easier if we had universal basic income because then we wouldn't have to worry about having a job to get a wage or whatever like we, we could if we had universal basic income we maybe we wouldn't be shoving off our elderly to homes the way we do all the time because it would give communities the capacity to look after more people in their community if they don't have to worry about going out for a job yeah no i think that's a Um, good idea but there's also so iceland had quite an ingenious solution to this back in 1975 so on the 25th of october 1975 about 90% of iceland's women and this is a small country they've only got about 500,000 600,000 people but 90% of women went on strike and it was to protest indispensable work that they did at home uh, the, the work of women for the economy and society and it was to protest wage discrepancy and unfair employment practices and they refused to work or look after children and the media were covering it the country media and they were doing stuff like calling up on the radio and calling up like houses or whoever put themselves forward and all these men were answering the phone because the women were out taken to the streets Um, about 25,000 women took to the streets of March as well and five years later and I found this really interesting um, because I didn't know about this five years later 1980 and I'm probably going to mispronounce this Vigdis Finnbokadottir was the first European female president um and I know we have Maggie Thatcher in 1979. I, but didn't, I didn't know that she was the first. She's a, but uh, Maggie Thatcher's a, a prime minister. And, an, and a dickhead. <laughs> Sorry. That's on her epitaph, isn't it? <laughs> prime minister and, and dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she was the first European female president. She's also the first woman in the world to be a democratically elected as head of state. Because Maggie Thatcher was democratically elected. No, she's not the head of state. She is not the head of well, state. Well, technically, then we've got the Queen. She, she's not she, not, not demo- elected. Not no, democratically no, elected. She's started, yeah, she's born that way. Yeah, yeah. I've got other thoughts on that, but we'll get to that another time. But yeah, so she was the first democratically elected female head of state. Did you know Iceland had the first gay head of state? Re- oh, well, les- there, there might have been others, but openly. Yeah, it was. She was. It was a lesbian right. elected. 
like back in the day because Iceland are just like ahead of the curve aren't yeah, they yeah 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 I was googling that I was like have there ever been any gay heads of state and I googled it and there's five and Iceland is one of them well, the first James oh god is it James the first and sixth I could be getting this wrong one of our kings one of our stewards he was like Meg. Oh, massive gay, wasn't massive he? Massive gay. And yeah. like he kept promoting his boyfriend to like, and he, his boyfriend became Chancellor of the Exchequer. Then he did a runner with all this money. And then he came back and he gave his boyfriend another job in the court. I'll post a link to that as well. I'll probably miss uh, representing the story, but like. We've got quite yeah. a lot of gay heads of state, like yeah. gay favourites. They didn't really care as long as you had an heir. Yeah, this is it, yeah. Like, as long as you've got like another one. This is it. They don't yeah. really mind, do they? Um, but yeah. So maybe maybe that's what we need a little bit of uh, of a strike a women's strike. I think that's a really good idea um, because I do think that a lot of what we do is is not appreciated. It's not yeah. valued. It's not seen. And I think men are getting better. We've got to give it to them. Like a few years ago, they weren't expected to do anything around the house. Um, and I think it's especially hard for working women because working women have always worked. You know, I think there's yeah. an idea like the middle class housewife you could, could just stay at home and yeah. didn't have to work. But I think working women have always been out and having yeah. to work as well, as well as doing all the domestic labour. Yeah, because it was like a, a right that middle class women were fighting for was the right to go out to work and have a job, whereas working women have always yeah. had to work. Yeah, since like forever. Yeah. So, um, I'd, I'd, do you know what I'd really like to say? I'd really like to know that what the class breakdown of those statistics were. In terms yes. of, you know, is it is it a class issue? Yeah, are women are working women doing more. Yeah, yeah, more clean. I'd imagine if I if I had the money, I'd I'd get cleaner. I don't care. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not um I'm not going to get guilty about it. Just have somebody to clean. Not all you know, not not like live in, but like yeah. comes once a week, does the kitchen and the and the bathrooms, yeah. the jobs you don't want to do. You know, you like do your skirting boards and things. Because yeah. I, I like to think like I can look after my own house. But how often do you dust? How often do you get on the top of your book, bookshelf and like dust? Yeah, like, honestly, around the top of the door frame and stuff. Stuff you don't think about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. why you need a cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, and in places like London, um, you know, when you're in a big house share, it just makes so much sense to get a cleaner. Because if you weren't getting a cleaner, who do you think? the labour would fall to in that big house share with quasi strangers. Yeah. It would probably be falling to the women. Um, but yeah, if you have any thoughts or any further reading on this, do let us know uh, on um, the heterosexual relationship dynamics and the unpaid labour of women. And I think that's what I found so depressing about that Marie Kondo helped me realise I was non-binary piece, that at the end of it, she was still tidying up after him and like, she got an undercut and wore a flannel shirt and it's like she'd taken the dissatisfaction more generally with how she felt as a woman and decided that the problem was with the label woman yeah and with the, with yourself not with the wider society isn't it yeah. it's like that uh, i'm gonna call it neoliberal i blame everything on neoliberalism but the idea is that if there's if you're broke if you don't feel good it's because you're broken and it's not a society that's broken yeah. you've just got to change yourself and not look wider at what's broken in society and then yeah. change society yeah good way to end if you have any other further reading on sexism in the music industry if you have any little stories share share with us is, is somebody somebody said something that's pissed you off um in the music industry let us know we'll tweet it out uh where make more noise one on twitter or make.more.noise.mank at gmail.com rolling off the tongue there oh, no. <laughs> so what day is it today um, it is, if I've managed to edit it in time and get it out, it's International Women's Day. Woo! <laughs> um, what, what are you up to on International Women's Day? Um, 
no no idea at the moment in the future that is also the present when you're hearing this podcast no um, I don't know I think I'll probably I'll probably wear suffragette colours because I like to do that yeah um, I'll probably see it depends if I'm working or not but I'll probably I'd like to see if I can go to a couple of events if some things are happening in Manchester or over the weekend if there's some stuff happening over the weekend as well what are you up to on International Women's Day? Um, I'm reminding you of what we are up to on International Women's Day but we're doing it the day after International Women's Day oh yeah we are actually <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know what day it is Saturday yeah no International Women's Day I'm going to get my hair done purple oh are you? yeah but it's always purple, but I'm going to get it done. So, like, yeah. it's, like... Violet for... V for Violet, V, v for, for Violet. votes. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. Cool. Um, do you know why I'm getting my hair done? Why are you getting your hair done? What are we doing on the Saturday? We are speaking at the Mary Quail Society talk for International Women's Day. There's a few really cool people there. Yeah. And we're, some of them, we're the only cool people there. No, there's other cool people there. But we're going to be speaking about Make More Noise as well and about kind of the fourth wave feminism young feminists what how, we're up to how we got together how we won won the magazine yeah using the internet and yeah. technologies and things like that yeah so if you are around it's at friends meeting house it starts at about 2 30 i believe yeah um and yeah we'd love to see some people there is it ticketed i believe so we'll put a link in the description of the podcast it's the mary quail club if you google it there's a pod there's a blog lipstick socialist and you can find a, a ticket but i think if you go along there'll be spaces oh yeah for sure. there'll be spaces we'll put a link in the description for sure it'd be great to see some of you manchester listeners um all all three of you mum mum and auntie jean yeah. <laughs> come along <laughs> but um but no if you are listening and you are in the northwest do come along um and let us know if there's anything else going on over the weekend or over the next few days let us know we can tweet it out um but yeah so it'd be good to hear from you so we come to our final section so we do it we started doing this week to week so for those who haven't heard the previous episodes um what is this card game and how did you come by it I, dj lp i i um i won a quiz there was like a feminist quiz at christmas and mm-hmm. i won because i'm really good at knowing all Yay. of the gay characters in eastenders <laughs> That was literally a question. Um, and I won, and I won. I, I took home the Women That Dare um, cards. It's just literally about 50 brilliant women, women from the labour movement, from entertainment, showbiz, etc. Yeah, so we've been reading, we've been doing a little shuffle and picking one at random each week. So this week it's my turn, and I just by pure chance got Frida Kahlo. So some of you may have already heard from her, but this is what it says. So she's Mexican, 1907 to 1954. Mexican painter Frida Kahlo transformed a debilitating accident at age 15 and the chronic pain that dogged her afterwards into a unique, powerful language of expression that won her international acclaim. Her plans for a medical career derailed, Kahlo began painting during her convalescence and eventually attracted the notice of a muralist, Diego Rivera whom she married in 1928 and with whom she moved in the artistic and social avant-garde circles of the day. Described as a surrealist, Carlo insisted that she painted her own reality. Her works are infused with the struggle and power of women. So that's Frida Carlo. You can search a little bit more about her. She's a cool lady. Yeah, Shag Trotsky as well, didn't she? I think she did. And yeah. she had relationships with women too, I believe. Yeah. 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 Cool lady. So, um, yeah give her a google if you have anything else that you'd like us to cover on the podcast um, we do like two subjects a week and then just like bits and pieces what's coming up and things like that let us know um if you have any suggestions do let us know give us a share if you like what you hear um 
Yeah, retweet if you're on Twitter. I got my account taken off. May not that I'm bitter, but it's finding it really difficult to get out there and out and about with my um with my lack of uh like like access to civil society. So, um, if you liked it, give us a little retweet on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I think that's it from us for Suffragette City Radio. Tune in next time. And yeah, we can carry on the conversation. That's what we're about. Starting conversation, sh- shining a light on some of the feminist issues that uh, might be affecting us today. Yeah. Um, we'll see you in a week. Not in a week. In no, a in a month. You could do one <laughs> next week if you want. Yeah, we could do like the little DJ Lippy vignettes, little five minute solo bits. You can just chat about your cats. Cat yeah. watch. I'll give you I'll give you an update on my kittens. <laughs> Cat watch with DJ Lippy. Yeah. Um, right, great. Hopefully we'll see you next time. Bye. Take care. Bye.